Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I want to say thank you to all of you guys who come back week after week, the subscribers, the frequent listeners. But also, if this is your first time joining us with the podcast, I want to say a special welcome to you as well. I love having you guys take some time to listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me because I know there are so many options out there for you to be listening to. And uh, for those of you guys that are regular listeners, wow, I mean, I just love you. And for those of you guys that are new, I love you too. And I hope you're going to like this episode. So I want to talk today about handling your kids' emotions. But I want to give a quick update before we dive into the topic today. Last episode, you heard me talk about something we're launching called Phoebe and Friends. We are launching a women in ministry uh, coaching group, basically. It is a a course, a 12-week course to help women in ministry really hone their skills, hone their craft. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I mentioned to you that you could go to my website, but it was looking really ugly. Well, that has been resolved. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, it is a better looking website now. You can go to www.rachelwartman.com and find all the information about Phoebe and Friends. If you are a small group leader, a pastor, a worship leader, or an itinerant minister, or somebody who wants to be in ministry someday, definitely check out Phoebe and Friends. It might be for you. So uh, that's all I've got about that. I want to dive into today's topic. This is one that I feel is pretty important, actually. Um, It's something that a lot of us did not get skills for when our children come out and uh, into our lives and they don't come with a navigating handbook on how to handle their emotions. And so depending on how you were raised, that's going to deeply affect how you handle your child's emotions, whether in favor of how you were raised or in direct opposition to how you were raised. Uh, It happens both ways. And for those of you guys that don't know, I have four kids. So my oldest is 13. He'll be 14 this fall. My second is currently 10 years old. In just a few weeks, she's going to be 11. Then I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. So we are experiencing the full range of emotions in our home, and uh, it has been interesting. I'm a very emotional person myself. I'm a deep feeler. Uh, On the Myers-Briggs, I'm definitely in the feeler category. Pretty much every personality you can test you can take. I'm going to show up as somebody who feels deeply. And my husband has nearly no feelings. So uh, I'm kidding. He really does. But he feels, uh, but he feels in his, like it's private to him. He very rarely expresses emotion. He very rarely uh, uses emotion like anger or stuff like that. He's a pretty level-headed guy. And I appreciate that about him because I'm pretty sure I'm bringing two times the amount of emotion to this family uh, that is needed. So I say that just to give you a little bit of backstory of why this topic is important to me and how I know that the things that we're doing are effective. I'm not going to tell you it is the only way because that's not true, but it is a way I feel like needs to be talked about some more. So let's talk about emotion for a second. 
there is a great book uh, by an author named Rachel uh, Yankovitz, I think is how you say it, and it's called uh, Loving the Little Years. And she uses this beautiful example to help your kids learn their emotions by looking at uh, someone riding a horse. And then there's another example of someone driving a car and that the emotions are the horse and that the, the kid is the rider of the horse or the emotions are the car and the kid is the driver of the car. And when my kids were really little, we used this example a lot, specifically on one of my kids who feels like me, very extremely, everything is life or death in his world. And uh, this was really helpful for him to begin to see that although the car might want to be speeding off the starting point, right, might want to be blaring down the road, you actually do have control over that car. We can choose whether we we drive the car into a ditch or whether we keep it on the road. It's the same with the horse analogy. We, We teach our kids, look, your emotions are valid, they're important, but they are not the fullness of who you are. Emotions are indicators more than anything else. They are road signs to what's really going on inside of your heart. So I love how um, another person says it, that we don't want our emotions driving the car, but we also don't want them hijacked in the trunk either. We want our emotions to be like the passenger in the car, helping us navigate through our life. I personally believe one of the best things that we can do is teach our kids how to have a healthy relationship with their emotions. But depending on how you were raised is going to dictate how you feel about your children's emotions. Let me put it to you this way. If you grew up in a home with a highly emotional parent, chances are you do not want your children to be highly emotional. Most likely that feels dangerous to you, that feels, you know, immature, I don't know what the case may be, but it's going to be something you're going to want to steer away from. A lot of times as kids with a highly emotional parent, we actually end up stuffing our own emotions because there's only enough room in the home for the one parent's emotion. And I hope you don't know what I mean by that, but I think most of you probably do understand what that's like. The whole family learns to acquiesce to the uncontrolled emotions of the one parent who lacks self-control, but that ends up causing damage on the family line. We want to have our kids have a healthy relationship with emotions. This is huge to my husband and I and how we're raising our kids because, again, emotions are indicators. They're like road signs. So if my child feels something... I'm not necessarily saying that feeling is absolute truth. I'm saying that feeling is revealing something about their heart that I, as their mother, need to pay attention to. We cannot allow our kids to have an unhealthy relationship with their feelings because it will come back to bite them later in life. I believe this is one of our main things we have to focus on as parents, but I also think it's one of those things that's really hard to figure out. And that's what today's episode is hopefully going to help you do. Again, we don't want our emotions in anybody's life to drive their car, and we certainly don't want them in the trunk where they cannot access them. We want to have a healthy relationship. So let me tell you just a little bit about uh, the the theory, so to speak, that we're using in our home. Um, it's, it's a newer neuroscience theory that's come out in about the 1970s. And I think it's going to become a lot more mainstream in the future. And I'll just tell you, I think next week's episode, we're probably going to dive into this more from an adult perspective. Um, but I, I, I actually feel like my um, 
awareness of this particular theory has revolutionized my life. And I know that sounds kind of uh, weird, but I'll tell that story next week. Um, But basically, this is called attachment theory. And the idea is that how we are attached to our primary caregiver in, in the first two years of our life is going to determine pretty much how we handle our emotions and our relationships into adulthood. Now, it's not to say that that you're hopeless. If your kids are older than two years old, it's not like, okay, well, I can just stop listening now because there's nothing for me. No, actually, it doesn't really necessarily matter how they're attached at that time. I mean, if you're, if you're past that age. Um, what matters is how we teach them to cope with how they attached to their parent. The goal for our children is to be securely attached to mom and dad and also to Jesus. Um, But that's not always how it happens. Our emotions and how we handle our emotions are a big factor in whether or not we attach correctly to our parents and also to the Lord. So in this idea of attachment theory, there's also something called attunement. And this is what I want to focus on today. I don't really want to get into attachment theory as much as I want to share with you about what attunement is. Essentially, attunement is a psychological term for recognizing someone's emotional distress and helping them come back to a regulated state. We all go through, and I think the clinical term is like states of arousal, hyper and hypo arousal and everything in between. In other words, our emotions being at a heightened state, our emotions being sort of um, unaccessible to us and everything in between. And so as parents, what our job is, is to help teach our kids how to identify what's going on inside of them and draw them back to a place of homeostasis is the word I'm going to use or regulation. Okay. It is not realistic that we go through this life always staying in the middle part of regulation. That's just not possible. So what we have to do is teach our kids how to bring themselves back to that place so that they can have secure, healthy relationships with people. In the description of this podcast, I'm going to uh, give you some other resources related to this particular topic in case this is interesting to you. There's also a book out there called How We Love Our Kids, How We Love Our Kids by Milan and Kay Yurkovich. And uh, I, I have that book. I've been using it in my parenting with my kids and it has been amazing specifically for one of my kids, the one who is the biggest feeler, this book and this idea, this theory has revolutionized my ability to bring breakthrough to him. And I just want to make sure I give you guys an opportunity for that as well. So what is attunement? Well, it's regulating a child's emotional affect, their state, okay? And there's three ways, in my opinion, that we do this, all right? There's three steps. And so I want to give you the three steps to attuning your child. Now, here's what this looks like. If your child is in distress of really any kind, this is the steps that you can take. If you, And I'm not even talking about how kids have to be happy all the time, okay? But I'm talking about you notice something is going on. Something is maybe they're overthinking about something. Maybe they're feeling afraid, anxious, whatever the case may be. You can see something's not right with this kid. And these are the steps you take to bring that back into um, regu- a regulated state for them. Number one, you have to see what's going on. You have to actually notice it. So my perception is when we grow up in a home with one or two highly emotional parents, what we end up doing is we just avoid emotion altogether. And when someone is experiencing emotion, we turn a blind eye. 
because we don't know what to do, or maybe our pattern has felt like uh, there's nothing we can do that's going to help in this, right? Like we've tried to make mom or dad happy and it just doesn't work. And so we've just sort of cut it off. Like, like I'm not even going to try. And when we do that as a child and we have this relationship to emotion as, as adults, then we actually do this to our own kids. It's, it's funny. I'll sit in rooms with parents who, uh, have this, um, going on in their life. They, they, they regularly turn a blind eye to emotion and, you know, their kid will be in, in real distress, frustrated about something, crying about something, whatever. I mean, real distress. Okay. I'm not talking about physical safety as much as just like emotional unrest. And the parent doesn't even notice, doesn't even blink an eye. It's like, oh, that's a kid being a kid. Well, that might be true, except that that's how kids learn to stuff their emotions and put them in the trunk. Uh, it's probably um, a TMI story to tell, but it's really funny and it goes perfectly with this. My husband, in, uh, in his life, he grew up in an environment like this where uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of difficulty in trying to um, pacify the emotion in the home. And, uh, I remember talking to him when we were dating and I said something like, what would you do if you walked into a room and there was a girl in there crying or I was in there crying, what would you do? And he, without, without hesitation said, I would turn and walk out of the room. <laughs> and I thought, what? You would just like, what? You would just leave the person there? And, uh, and I think that's a pretty good way, a pretty good uh, indicator, a way to describe how a lot of people feel about emotion. Now he's not in that place anymore, but he has learned how to help people get attunement. So the first step is actually noticing your child is in distress, noticing they're feeling frustration. We cannot expect our children to just offer it up to us all the time. They usually will offer it up if there's an environment where we are noticing and drawing it out of them as well. They'll feel safe to offer that up. So if your child is not saying, I've had a bad day, if your child is not talking to you about some of the deeper things they're feeling, then you may need to do a little bit of a self-check and see, am I even paying attention to what's going on in their emotions? Look, I just want to say up front that you might be hearing this and feeling overwhelmed by it. Just wait till the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about that. So step one, actually notice it and, and we need to acknowledge it. So the second thing we do to bring attunement for our kids is we actually validate how they're feeling. Now, I know what this sounds like, especially if you've got a bunch of kids in the home and you're going, look, when my kid is feeling frustrated because they didn't get what they want, I'm not going to validate that feeling. That's, that's their punishment. Okay, to some degree, yes, except that that's not really what's happening inside of them. So when we validate an emotion, we don't have to understand why they feel that way to validate that they're actually feeling that way. We don't have to even correct it, and, and we don't have to tell them it's wrong, and we don't have to think that their emotion is right. If you have a child that feels a lot of fear going to bed and you know they're totally safe, right? You know there's nothing for them to worry about. Well, it's easy for us as adults to say, look, you don't like it's not you it's not appropriate for you to have this fear. That's kind of what we're thinking, right? Look, this is not even a real fear. Like don't think that, just get that out of your mind. But the child is actually feeling that fear. So we don't have to agree with it. We don't have to want it to be there, but we do need to validate it. So what does that actually look like? Well, it looks like saying it back to them or asking them, 
Are you feeling this way? Here's an example. Just this morning, my four-year-old uh, got a, actually yesterday got a balloon animal and uh, from a restaurant. And then my other daughter popped it on accident. And it was, she was very sad. She came into my room. She was crying. And she was saying, you know, I just feel so sad. I feel so sad that this balloon, we had told her it shot rainbows. I don't know the mind of a four-year-old. I think she really did think it was shooting rainbows and she was heartbroken. So we talked about that, gave some hugs, forgave the sister, all that. Fast forward to this morning, she's sitting on the couch before we left for school. And she looks at me and says, mom, I'm actually feeling happy, but I'm also feeling sad about my rainbow shooter. I'm feeling sad that it popped. And I remember looking at her and thinking, this is amazing emotional intelligence for a four and a half year old to recognize I'm doing fine. I'm happy, but I also do feel kind of sad about this. So we go to drop two of the kids off at school and I left her in the car. I'm just running them in. It's like 10 seconds, you know, and I left her in the car. I come back out. And when I get in the car, she says to me, mom, I feel afraid when you leave me in the car like this. Now, last year, almost every single day I left her in the car while I ran in, you know, 10 feet away. I mean, we're not talking about something serious. We're talking about it's maybe 60 seconds total. I'm literally 10 feet away. It's not a dangerous situation. And um, she can also get out of her own seatbelt. And so, you know, I was like, this is really a big surprise to me that she's feeling afraid about this. So I so this is what attunement does. I recognize she's offering up an emotion that she doesn't like right now. So I said, tell me about how you feel afraid. What do you feel afraid of? And we began to talk about it. Well, what it, how does that feeling come to you? How would you, you know, and I'm trying to give her language to express what she's feeling. Essentially, she's feeling vulnerable. She's feeling afraid. She's feeling unsure of what she would do if I didn't come back out. These types of things that a four-year-old is very entitled to feel. So instead of me saying, oh, you've got nothing to worry about and just leaving it at that, we validated it. And how do we do that? I mirror it back to her. Look, I can see that you're feeling afraid right now and I can see why that would feel scary to you. Now, that's not me agreeing with her. That's not me telling her, you know, I think that, yeah, you should be afraid. I'm not, I'm not stooping. You know what I'm saying? I'm not stooping down into that fear and saying, this is good. Keep this. What I'm doing is saying, I acknowledge that this is real to you. I acknowledge that it's real to you. I'm not trying to pretend like it's not. And then we talked about some solutions. What could we do? Could we pray together? Could, you know, if you can learn to put your seatbelt on faster, you can come with me to drop them off. These different types of things gave some options of solutions. And wouldn't you know it? She was fine. Why? Because I helped her get attuned to herself. She was in a form of distress, a mild distress. And now she was regulated back to a state of clarity. How? Because of step three, walking them out of that distress. So this happens, guys, multiple times a day. If you are at home with your kids, you're going, I know exactly what you're talking about. My kids go in and out of emotions all day long. And that's right. That's how we train them. Think about yourself for a second. How many times do you go in and out of emotion in a given day? A lot, right? We feel happy about something. We get a text from someone and it brings up a lot of distress. Then we go and we have a great lunch and it was really delicious. And then we get into an argument with our husband because he didn't do the thing you asked him to do. And we've experienced this wide range of emotion where where you and I are maybe not understanding what it's like to be a kid is most of us as adults have learned how to regulate that. 
We don't let that one bad moment ruin our whole day. We've learned how to go to Jesus and get get corrected in our spirit, right? We've learned how to forgive. We've learned how to actually let things go where we're not still thinking about them all of the time. Well, now you might be listening to this and going, well, I haven't learned that yet. Okay, ask Jesus to help you. So what I'm saying here is if we want to have emotionally healthy kids, which you do, then what we're doing here is we're teaching them what to do with their emotion. We're not telling them, look, suck it up, don't have it. And we are not telling them, let this feeling run your life. Let it dictate the relationships in your life. Let it tell you, you know, how you're going to feel about your whole day. We're not doing that either. We're saying, look, this is a real feeling. Let's check it. Let's look at it. Let's acknowledge it. And then let's walk ourselves out of it. Here's what I'm not telling you. Emotional intelligence is one of the best things you can do for your kids because it will keep them on the straight and narrow path with Jesus, I think, more than anything else besides prayer and reading the word and having a personal relationship with Jesus. Why do I say this? I heard a therapist say this to me about 17 years ago, and it has stood up to truth every single time I've tested it. Emotionally intelligent people do not enjoy being around emotionally unintelligent people. Emotionally unintelligent people are people who don't know what to do with their emotions. So they do things like turn to drugs, sex, um, smoking. They turn to rebellion as an outlet because they don't know how to handle what they feel. Can you see where I'm going with this? When you have a secure home where emotions are safe, where the child is safe to feel various things and get help for those feelings, those children don't have an appetite for the things of the world. They actually don't because their brains think in a different way. So what's the best thing you can do for your kids apart from helping them have a genuine relationship with Jesus, which is the best? Well, teach them how to be emotionally intelligent. I'm watching this time and time again with my kids. I've been focusing on this with them since they were babies. And um, and I'm watching them interact with the people around them. And they they are not drawn to kids who don't know how to handle themselves. Now, yes, my kids have friends that aren't believers. My kids have friends that are, you know, not necessarily making great choices. But my kids know how to hold boundaries And uh, I've shared this story with you guys before, but my son has friends who don't know how to hold boundaries, right? And when he began to sense that he was not going to be respected when he said, look, I don't want to see jokes about sex on TikTok. I don't want to see, you know, clips of radio DJs, shock DJ kind of people saying derogatory jokes. When he said, I don't want that, that's not interesting to me. And that friend didn't really respect that. He actually pulled himself away from that relationship. Why? Okay, yes, it's Jesus, but it's the emotional intelligence too. Can you see that? He didn't feel connected to someone who couldn't understand what to do with his emotions. I think this is such a big deal. Such a big deal. I think as parents, we don't like emotions because we don't want to get stuck in them. Sometimes we don't understand them. And sometimes we reject emotions because we ourselves were not allowed to feel them. There was no space in the home for our emotions because someone else's emotions were too dominant. Look, this is actually something we've got to pay attention to because if we want to raise our kids well, 
that they're going to be raised into what we know how to do. And so if we want emotionally intelligent kids, we actually have to be emotionally intelligent as well. Now, you might be listening to this and thinking, man, I need this. I need to grow in these areas. And I would say to you, you probably do. I'm still growing in these areas and I've been actively doing this for a really long time. And I, I'm not saying that to discourage you. In fact, I'm saying that that it's been the most liberating journey of my life with the Holy Spirit to learn what I am as a person, as an emotional person, as someone who has feelings that God does not reject. Hear me when I say this. I, I know I'm going a little bit long today, but this is important. God is not rejecting your emotions. There is not one person in the history of the Bible, every single page of the Bible, that, re- that expressed genuine emotion to the Lord and God turned them away. What we see in the Psalms is God actually attuned David to himself. He actually taught David what to do with the depth of his emotions. God is not afraid of your emotion. He feels emotions. He made you that way. So to stuff them down or pretend like it's not important is not going to help you. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have an episode um, talking about the difference between the sacred world and the secular world. And I think if if you're resonating with what I'm saying, make sure you listen to that episode because I think it's going to really help you understand how we got to this place as a society, how we got to the point where we don't know how to feel. We don't allow ourselves to feel. We're afraid of what we feel. Again, if you're listening to this and you're saying, my kids probably need this, but I know I need this, listen to next week's episode too. Just make sure you subscribe because it'll just auto come to your phone and uh, and you'll, you'll, you won't even have to remember. But we're going to talk about what this is like as an adult. I'm going to share my personal story with some of this as well. So let me just do a brief recap. We want to handle our kids' emotions well. We want to help them be attuned. We want to help them be confident, self-regulating men and women of God. And we're going to do that by, number one, recognizing what's going on in their emotional needs. We're going to recognize it. We're going to validate it. And we're going to help them move through it. Recognize it. Validate it. Help them move through it. Look, this might take you a long time the first couple times that you do it. But in all honesty, this is like a five-minute thing most of the time. When your kids are little or when you're just starting with this, yeah, it might take longer because they're having to figure out what they feel. They're having to sort through all that kind of stuff. But if this becomes a regular thing for you and you're pointing them to regulation in Jesus, getting to that place of peace, then it's a pretty quick thing. The conversation I had with my four-year-old this morning about the, the fear in the car lasted about 60 seconds. Most of the conversations I'm having with my other kids, they last maybe five minutes tops unless it's a big thing and then it'll last longer. But those are more rare. So I just want to bless you to have emotionally healthy kids. And I want to bless you to have emotional health as well. Look, your emotions matter to the Lord. If you avoid them at all costs, you won't be able to be the best version of you, which is the one that's the most like Jesus. Because your emotions are an important part of who you are. I hope this is helpful for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.